At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Place. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane! Man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. Especially with the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 70. Ron censored and unfiltered. Just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. Let's talk about that ethereal intersection of angelic visits and the higher realms. Two guests materialized at the virtual Alexandria for this Jacob's Ladder. Visionary hip-hop artist and spiritual teacher, Trusika, and research and writer, Micah Dank. I hope you're ready for heavy doses of astrotheology, esoteric Christianity, comparative mythology, extraterrestrials, and the fallen state of our world. And a lot of inspirational content to get you to commune with what is good in the universe and what is good within yourself. Thank you as always to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria. 
You are amazing, and your support, company, and feedback keep the Valis lights on. Don't go anywhere with an angel or a demon. Gary Lockman, in the next few days, will arrive at the virtual Alexandria to discuss his new book on precognitive dreams, synchronicities, the hypnagogic state, and so many other avenues of gnosis. And just in time, we need gnosis more than ever in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick world, and Gnostic times. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or many of my guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Keep in mind that the speaker calendar for the Astronosis Conference is up, as well as sponsorship opportunities if you're interested in promoting your book, brand, or organization. That includes speaker opportunities. The event includes a cool party at the end of the first day and topics ranging from archons as aliens to Gnostic cosmologies to the state of ufology today. And the discussion groups will be electric. Pyramid schedule coming soon. Astronosis is a three-day event of presentations and panels from the best minds in ufology, Gnosticism, and alternative history. And it includes experiential discussions and even rituals. This is the one chance we can all have in finally hanging out and enjoying so many social events together. Truly hope to see you there in the Cancun area at the end of March. Let us to our latest AB Live. Write your own gospel, live your own myth. Are shadows the same as Lyra's dust? Yes. And is dust dark matter? Yes. So dark matter is conscious? Evidently. <laughs> the mind that's answering these questions, it isn't human, is it? No. But humans have always known us. Is more than one of you? Uncountable billions. What are you? Angels. Angels? Yes. Angels are creatures made up of shadow matter of dust. Yes. And shadow matter is what we call spirit. From what we are, spirit. From what we do, matter. Matter and spirit are one. You've always been there. Making, stimulating, guiding. So does that mean angels have intervened in human evolution? Yes. Well, why? Vengeance. Welcome, everybody, to AB Live, Birdie Num Num. And yes, men still have nipples and warm leatherettes, like usual, 
AV Live introduction. Again, welcome everybody. Good to see everybody here. I see you're already uh, pouring into the chat room. Uh, tonight will definitely be a very special show, very exciting show too. Uh, again, as always, if you have any questions, and I should repeat it, or Van should repeat it too. If you have questions, please write a lot of uh, question marks um, or write in all caps, and we will do our best to get to you as every one of you does your best to get to a higher state of consciousness here in the desert of the real. And yes, Super Chats will get preference, but uh, we do try to get it to everybody when we can. And tonight is a very exciting show. Uh, for the first time, we are joined by Truth Seeker. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know much about hip hop, but uh, I read your book, The Spirit Realm, and it was a, it was really a good read. I read it in like one sitting at four hours. I just couldn't put it down. It was an excellent book, great research, and great insight into. Uh, the wider world that most people don't know about. So welcome. For sure. Thank you for having me. It means the world. Thank you. Awesome. Can I just jump in, with us? Can I just jump in and say real quick that uh um, fine I won't introduce I won't introduce you. Just go ahead. <laughs> if I could just say that I feel like uh looking at um how me and Truth Seeker are dressed, I feel like uh two ladies showed up at the Oscars wearing the same thing. So oh my uh, god. <laughs> you has to go home. I was trying to find. I was trying to find one of my other shirts, and I couldn't find it. So I was like, "Well, just go with the traditional black tank." There you go. There you go. Oh well, I guess you you got the youngins at the bottom, and then the old farts at the top, the Gen Xers at the top. So, <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. But yes, well, as always, it's always great to see Micah. Micah, thanks for being here, with or without your wife beater on. Yeah, she's actually at her sister's right now. Uh, okay. My brother-in-law is in Singapore on work for two mm -hmm. weeks. And uh, they got three kids. So it's just my wife's sister. So she went over there to kind of put boots on the ground. Well, cool. Well, you got a little bit uh, a little bit of freedom here. And it's yeah. always great to have the Moondog. Vance, Vance, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I got up early today just so that I could get off work early and be ripe and ready for cool, our cool. little session here awesome well no uh, i've got some uh to, to housekeeping here and there but i think we should probably get on to the topic at hand and uh trusika tell us about yourself uh, your spiritual journey uh i think uh Again, your book, uh, The Spirit Realm, does discuss it. And uh, like many people, you went through some hard times. As you write, you uh, you invited the wrong spirits in. And it seems what's uh, September 10th of 2000 is when you uh, changed things around. Or tell the audience how you evolved. Yeah, uh, man, it's a, you know, it's a long story. But to, just to keep a short, brief overview, I um, started out as a teenager just being curious and uh, all things metaphysical, but uh, started off into, um, you know, the negative side of spirituality with dealing with the occult and um, witchcraft, Satanism, the Necronomicon, those kind of things, which is uh, just being curious. Um, got in really deep, met a, a warlock who was pretty proficient in, in what he what he does. I've never met anyone 
that was as powerful as him as far as being able to make things happen in this world. And so he kind of took me under his wing and taught me and um, got in over my head and um, ended up having uh, encounters with beings that would pop into this reality, seeing uh, uh, large shadow beings and uh, things that look like camels and um, got to a place where I would do all these rituals and try to make contact with that realm and um, seemed like none of them worked until they all worked at the same time. And for a period of maybe two weeks or so, I was uh, pulled in and out of trances uh, at will by some type of beings that would try to communicate with me. They're all speaking at the same time, foreign languages, colors, shapes. I couldn't uh, turn it off and on. I would go pale, couldn't breathe. My heart would race and I would just be stuck in this realm seeing all of these things and I couldn't interpret was it anything or was it actually a voice um well no i couldn't um well i didn't i didn't hear it audibly it was just like it was like an internal voice but i could see colors and shapes and faces and just pull me into this this realm and i i saw all of this stuff and i couldn't make anything out you know it was just a lot of confusion it was scary and um couldn't breathe when it would happen um, heightened senses of ESP for for that per- period of time of like there was it was all the way at a hundred, you know, walking through public and knowing people's thoughts and people looking at me and knowing about their past and just so much stuff. And me being a teenager, I was fifteen when this was happening, and so I was going insane. I was going schizophrenic, uh, losing my mind. I couldn't turn it off and on. And so I'd been a Christian a few years before. And I knew about the peace and the serenity and bliss that was in Christ and in prayer that I had experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had an amazing encounter a couple of years before. And so uh, at, at rock bottom, I knew I needed to kind of uh, break ties with that realm. If not, I was going to end up in a mental institution somewhere. And so September 7th of 2000, I, uh, I rededicated my life back to Christ like my health was going, I was coughing up blood and it was scary, man. It was scary. So, um, now, you know, I'm on this side and, um, it was in 2000 that I made that decision, got, got in church and did that stuff for a while until, you know, many years later, I just started going deeper into my studies into my, you know, books that were taken out of the Bible. And, um, I guess my spirituality just began to go deeper and encounters and stuff. And so that opened up to more of a mystical path and, um, you know, everything kind of come full circle. And I think that I was kind of reintroduced to some of those things that I was seeking on the dark side in the newness of light and love and beauty and those things. And so I was able to kind of go back to psychic abilities, but really find all of that in the Bible. So that's what I bring. Spirituality, occultism, esoteric mysticism, Christian mysticism, all from a biblical perspective, communicating with with uh, elements and beings and dreams and all of the cool stuff that Christianity kind of gave over to the other traditions. So I kind of bring that out. Yeah, that was my my main question because again your book is this wonderful balance of christianity but also the esoterica paganism psychic abilities it's everything but it works really well do you really think christianity and the occult can 
coexist? Uh, what do you think? I mean, I think what you're saying is that Christianity used to be more mystic and it got sort of yeah truncated. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but I think so. So you know, my message, I think for the for the majority of people who are in Christendom and who are having similar encounters, right? They feel drawn to uh, plant medicine or or ufology or astrotheology, right? Is that they don't have to give up their faith and like abandon it to go and pursue and search these other things, which uh, traditional Christianity will say, hey, it's either this or, or that, right? And so you can't really have your cake and eat it too, which, uh, you know, early Christendom, um, the Christian mystics were like, for sure, there was so many, these people were levitating, having out-of-body experiences. They were stargazers. Like, you know, this was, a you know, the mystical tradition. I think that early Christendom or the Christian mystics, you know, had a staple in, in a lot of this stuff that they gave up. So. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. You said astrotheology. Uh, so you're fine with astrotheology as Micah likes to, as For his sure. research shows. There's not a conflict of interest there. I, and I'll, I'll say this, the only conflict of interest that I have with, with Micah or any of my friends who have a deep revelation of the scriptures of like this one thing that is like super revealed to them. And it's, it's, it's what I have against the Christians. It's what I have against uh, Micah's revelation. I have to lump him in with my friends who have the revelation of biblical anatomy and how the Bible is about your body. And they can break it down from Genesis to revelation, how the, the Bible is talking about your body other people about spiritual warfare and beings and entities that exist at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I've got other friends who have an amazing revelation and they can break down the scriptures as far as um, psychology and breaking it down. I mean, look, just look at what Jordan Peterson's doing right now, right? Of how they can break it down on the mental plane. So any time, the, the only problem I have with anything what Micah would do or any of those people would do, or even Christian people who take it literal, is when they say that the Bible is only this. Right. And when it's the Bible, it's only astrology. It's like, mm -hmm. ah, that's kind of like the Christian saying the Bible is only literal. The beautiful thing about it is it's all of those things mm -hmm. and more. So that's why, like, man, this well, conversation just opens up so, so big, man. I've, I've evolved my thoughts uh, since not just we spoke, but like on, on our latest show when me and you did a couple months back. <laughs> but I've evolved. I know 100% the Bible is a metaphorical, it's astrological, it's an allegory, it's the body. Um, I, I Almanac, like you said. <laughs> it's alchemical, yeah. yeah, it's the tarot, it's, it's a hundred yeah. different things, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just focus on astrotheology, mm -hmm. and I think that what I'm doing it is I'm going through the Bible, I have a large print Bible now, is I'm going through it, and I'm literally going through every book, and I'm just finding the astrotheological connections. My, my only question to you guys would be this. We know that I've got the astrotheology angle covered, right? Um, my only question to you is this, is that why is it this one specific book that's so powerful, especially when you consider that it draws a lot, a lot from the Egyptians and the Sumerians as well. It's not even original, most of the stuff. Um, you know, Cain and Abel goes back to Seth, you know, the Ten Commandments, the Book of the Dead, chapter 125. Why does the Bible work so well if it's just a confluence of previous books? 
Well, I can say it's because it has its centuries, perhaps thousands of years of research, experiment, borrowing, taking, learning. As somebody, as Robert Price said, it's it's the best history of consciousness we have. No, well, maybe the Vedas, but we're uh, in the West. It might be the best history of consciousness, the evolution of man from the collective to the individual, the struggle, understanding God, the nature of evil, the nature of empire. So it's the best record we have. So that's why it's so insightful and chock full of, you know, mystic and historic, yeah. I don't know about historical, but mystic goodies. Yeah. <laughs> what I do think- you think, Trusika? Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, for, for my my spiritual path is to really look at all traditions and pull pull the good stuff from it like even christianity like let me keep the good stuff and y'all keep the bs divisive like negative y'all keep that i don't want that right and so i'll I'll look at all traditions and kind of pick what is good from it and apply it to my life and so i think that the bible essentially is something very similar of like the uh the best parts of all of these traditions in a compilation like a compilation book of all of the stuff um, that that makes sense. Obviously, there's books that were taken out that were maybe um, extra or like maybe I, I would say like a uh, a side quest that kind of deviated a little bit too much from the main path. They're still like legit. There's still so much wisdom in all of those books that didn't make the final cut. But like to tell this bigger picture of the allegories, I think that yeah, you mentioned, you know, the Vedas and then you have the Upanishads and all of that stuff. The cool thing is like when someone becomes a student of the scriptures and they become awakened and uh, with the Bible, they feel with the Holy Spirit or awaken to consciousness. They become awake um, is you have to eventually you'll you'll start deviating into some of these other books as a researcher, whether it's the Apocrypha. You know, I started there for sure. But that kind of leads into. Um, all the other traditions and you find out that there is there's these um, similarities within them. And and you kind of got to deviate because the Bible is like an overview of all of these traditions. And to really specialize on on any of the stuff, you kind of got to deviate a little bit and go study. But but only study, I'd say, to bring it back and to see how it fits and get that deeper revelation to be able to break it down to the masses and for those who are initiated. Uh, into the deep mysteries like this conversation tonight. Awesome and well said. And and uh, your view is uh, basically, and as you start your book, is the universe is full of spirits, but there is a pecking order. But everything is really part of God's plan. You, as you even say, you deviate from the ancient Gnostics who said the, the Demiurge is this demented God and we're trapped with the Archons. You say, no, everything is really part of God, the good, the evil, everything. Yeah, I think that every, everything is and everything serves its purpose. Now, those names and stuff and the roles and all of that, um, that's up for debate. I don't think that those entities call themselves that ain't, you know, angels, demons, archons, or anything. Those are, those are names that, that we give them, but they play a role in the greater scheme of things of to work out the greater good for the, the human soul, you know, to buffet you. Like, you know, we, we need, we need consequence. Like when we touch the fire, we need something to burn us and say it's hot so that we learn not to do it. So I think that, the angels and the demons all serve a greater purpose for the greater good. Um, we got to have polarity. You have to have 
consequences if you tell lies, if you cheat, if you steal, like there has to be retribution so that you uh, that you learn from your mistakes, I would say. So, yeah, I think everything plays a part of the grander scheme. Karma in a sense of um, I don't know about lifetimes, you know, Mm -hmm. with karma, but I would say the principle of sowing and reaping Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? Does God come down and repay you? No, there are spirits that are attached to certain behaviors. There are spirits that are attached to uh, lying, cheating, and stealing. There's a lot of it that's broken down in the scriptures where Jesus talks about the magistrates and these lesser gods that judge smaller affairs. And even he gives some parables about uh, be careful when the officers come to to get you and bring you before the magistrates and bring you before the judges. And we read a book like First and Second Kings that talk about the way that this this kingdom works and 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 what happens when you go before the judge and roles and stuff. And we read it like it's a literal court system, but that's talking about this spiritual court system that goes on within the consciousness, that goes on even within the heavens. You know, in the stars, it's playing out. So every day, every month, every year, uh, this court system is is uh, is going on. And with the court analogy, like there's, you know, the Holy Spirit is the advocate. God is the commander in chief and he's watching over this kingdom. And when we're talking about ascension and consciousness, man, it just it everything just kind of ramps up because, you know, we see about this evolution of Jacob becoming Israel, Jacob becoming a God, becoming an L. Micah became an L. Michael, Mm -hmm. Michael of God, right? Uriel, Uri became an L, right? And so there's this, Jesus becomes an, an L, but it's not to just worship me is to, hey, you guys are coming with me. This process of ascension is kickstarted again. And I've gone to prepare a place for you to show well, you. Well, isn't he called, isn't he called, um, isn't he called Emmanuel before his birth? There you go. <laughs> the name of Jesus. This reminds me of this reminds me of Isaiah 45, 7. It says, I form the light and create darkness. Make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. That kind of ties into what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, he definitely quotes it. I see in the chats, I see a cult priestess. How you doing? And hey, she's like, friend. don't don't get Micah started on karma. Or something like that. <laughs> Is that a her. bone of contention, Micah? <laughs> no, no, we do a couple of shows. We really smash off really well when we talk. We connect very well. Um, and she's just a delight and, um, oh, yeah. she is, she is such a sweetheart. Yeah. We have some really been, uh... wild conversations. <laughs> yeah. And true seeker is nice that, uh, Jordan Maxwell wrote, uh, your intro. So, I mean, that's, uh, update, right? Yeah. I just spoke to him today. I'm J- uh, Jordan. I literally, he's got a, a helper there named Mike. Um, and he texted me because I left him a voice. I left Jordan a voicemail like a week or two ago. He texted me. He goes, would you like to talk to Jordan right now? So I FaceTimed Jordan and I was talking to him. You know, he just had a stroke. He just yeah, had a stroke yeah. and he's recovering. It was he, he was really out of it. 
he was asking me the same question over and over again. Yeah. I had to remind him who I was, remind him who you were. He said he feels awful. He just got old. He started going off on tangents. But I reminded him of all the people, you know, that are out there that love him, you know, and how we all wish him the best and everything that made him smile. But he he doesn't look well. I literally just spoke to him like four hours ago. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, oh, good, a speedy recovery. Yeah, I mean, his legacy is incredible. What he's done—it's been a while, but he's uh, whatever. He's, whatever he's, he's done is—I is, I believe it's going to continue to live on through all of us, really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, indeed. I can tell you for sure that I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am right now without him. Not me. Neither. Like no way. The first video I ever saw that got me into this was he was—he was giving a lecture and he was talking about. Um, how everything goes back to the planet Saturn. It was one of those lectures. And then he, I remember at one point he said, uh, uh, truth, you might help me with it. I don't know if it was Luke or, 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 or John or Mark. I don't remember which gospel 2210 where the disciples are asking, you know, when he, when he leaves where they can go have Passover. And he says, go into town and see a man with a water pitcher. Mm-hmm. That was in Mark. I read that today. Yeah. It was in Mark. Mm-hmm. And follow him to his house. He's in a couple of them, yeah. And that was the first one that really made sense. He's like, that's yeah. glorious. You know, and without going into it deeper, you know, the astrological houses, they're called houses or mansions or eons or signs. There's many words for it. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then I just started going down the rabbit hole. And then I studied them for like for like eight months in a row. I would just watch five hours a day and I would just study it. And then I eventually was able to apply my own spin on it my own work to it, but I wouldn't be, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'd be doing if it wasn't for him. I I honestly don't know what I'd be doing. Most people wouldn't. He's at the level of somebody like Manly P. Hall or Joseph Campbell, somebody who cataloged and also synthesized all this ancient information and really made sense. He birthed all of us is what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, definitely hope he's, uh, Definitely hope for the better. Yeah, and Micah, you've had, you've been on Twitter having to defend yourself for liking him. Did you see that? You know, they say that you know you're starting to make it when you get haters. Oh, that's every day for me, bro. That's just <laughs> you, you just mentioned Manly P. Hall. Like I, I dedicated my first couple of albums yeah. to his work, and yeah. and 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 those you know names. Kind of, you know what it is too, Miguel? And uh, in truth, I'm I'm actually a Freemason. And oh, I came I didn't out know that. publicly oh, yeah. on that. I'm a third degree. I came out publicly on that. And people were like, people hate on me because they look at my bio and they say, see that my father and my grandfather both were CBS producers and editors at CBS mm-hmm. News in Manhattan. And they're like, look at this Mason with the legacy media background. Of course, he's trying to infiltrate us. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, wow. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. You're, it's just gonna. You're just. It's part of it. You're gonna guilty get by destroyed. association. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's one of the worst logical fallacies. You know, I, I don't really get attacked by Christians, believe it or not. I have a lot of Christian followers. Truth, believe it or not, Christian like Bible literally, and they tell me that my revelation to them, my particular work, because again, I didn't invent astrotheology. I didn't. I'm just putting a new spin on it, um, or a new spin finding old patterns because not always in the bible but it's in like the epic of gilgamesh the code of hammurabi the quran i've yeah. I've, bro- I've read all those i've broken them down it's like the heartbeat between everything man listen and, 
I, I read the scripture the other day in Gilgamesh, narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leads to whatever planet. I was like, oh my God, like Jesus totally said that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's all part of one great cosmic story. It's yeah, and that, but see, that's what that's what makes it more potent, though. Like for most Christians, it's like, oh, because honestly, when I found out about Jordan Maxwell and 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 the Zeitgeist, that like shook a lot of us mm. Christians who were like Bereans and really study. And it's like, oh man, what if this was borrowed from other traditions? And it scares a lot of Christians at first. And it's like, what do you do if everything you thought you knew was a lie? You know what I'm saying? It's like. And it's scary at first, but then eventually you get to the point that's like, wow, listen, like if this is truth, it has to be universal. Mm-hmm, it right. has to like if these if the Bible and all of these stories were destroyed and humanity and civilization was to start over, these stories would still come forth because Micah, they're written in the stars. Yeah, absolutely. You'd have a new, new civilization that looks at the stars and they make do with what, what it was. They would they would see that they'd see the war in the heavens. They give them all names like Zeus or this or that. It would be the same story. It, it's called the greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus, because it's basically the only story that's ever told. Yeah, that's what it is. It's basically the only story that's ever been told. And I know that sounds crazy, but you can break it down. All the major historical throughout civilizations, holy texts can all be broken down this way. You know, it's amazing. And I've had Christians reach out to me and tell me that my work has strengthened their faith. And who am I to take that away from? Them? Yeah. You know, I, I, you would think that I get a lot of pushback from Christians. You would think that, but I don't. It's only, it's only a handful. And but they're loud. <laughs> yeah. They're always loud. The, my, yeah. the small, angry Karen minority, they're always loud. And yet, yeah, what you guys are saying, I remember reading St. Augustine saying, Christianity has existed from the beginning of time. And I'm like, what is it? What did he smoking crack? And oh, Augustine knew about the myths, just as C.S. Lewis said, Christianity is just the myth come alive. The sun. So, St. Augustine, it's interesting. St. Augustine, okay. Um, the zodiac has slightly changed over time. It only really changed. It's been it's been pretty much the twelve signs, except two changes, and that was during the Egyptian time. The Sphinx was the lion instead of Leo, and the crab for Cancer was the beetle, the scarab. Okay, so that's why Saint Augustine actually called Jesus the good beetle, oh. because he knew that the sun in Cancer meant that. He knew that the sun, when it was in Aquarius, he was known as uh, the son of man. He's in Pisces, he's the fisherman of men, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So St. Augustine definitely knew that. So it he wasn't just he's a new John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. He was being right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Have you guys gotten into, have you guys gotten into Thomas Aquinas? I used to. I mean, I went to a Catholic university, so I read his stuff, and he's amazing. Amazing thinker, yeah. Right. But it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, also, um, your book, too, Trusica, deals with the idea, which is very popular, which is right behind Vance, and that is of UFOs. But before I ask you, Micah, what is your stance on extraterrestrials? Well, I'll start by saying that I've lost Christian friends because of my work. My oldest friend. Mm-hmm. I've lost my oldest friend for 30 years. He just became so so rigid in, in, in literal Christianity that I couldn't even talk, talk to him anymore. And we just stopped talking. Um, I know that in Christianity, they believe that UFOs and aliens are demons. I'm for I'm pretty truth. I'm, am yeah. I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. O- over 98%, I would say for sure. Yeah. They believe it's demons personally. I, I don't know if they're interdimensional. I don't know. I do think there is something keeping us from eliminating ourselves. I do think something is doing that. Like whether it's entities and energies that are shutting down nuclear reactors or, or, um, or, or things like that. Because if you read the story, you know that during world war two, we dropped a nuclear bomb, fell out of a plane and landed in North Carolina. And by all means, yeah. And by all means and attention, it should have blown up. I should have taken out half of the eastern seaboard, but it didn't. Then they found it, and that becomes the basis of um, of uh, the sum of all fears by um, by what's his name, Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy, yeah. Where they talk about a, a nuclear weapon that was found in the desert. That's basically where he. he I think he. I'm pretty sure he ripped that story from. But yeah, no, I think there are things that are protecting us from eliminating ourselves. But I also know that humanity is cyclical. We go through 12,000 to 14,000 years periods of times where we we grow, we ascend, our consciousness expands, we're in the age of Aquarius now, which means we're going to have a shoot-up of that. You know, I think the elites know that, and that's why they're panicking, because more people are waking up. We have the internet to trade information. That's why they're trying to poison it. They're trying to poison us quicker. Um, but then we know that what happens is, is that there's like a cataclysmic event. We know that Yellowstone is way overdue for exploding. And if it does that, uh, that's going to take out the u.s you know it's way overdue um and they've traced the patterns of explosions for ten thousand years um that has exploded ten thousand years seventeen thousand years twenty four thousand years and uh we're due again and um so i know that i know that there's not like hundreds of thousands of years of peace on earth i know that 
that we kind of build ourselves up and then and then we get back shot back into the dark ages not like the dark ages for christianity um but the dark ages incidentally um the dark ages was presided over by a pope um in the catholic church who hated cats hated cats now if you've ever read the bible you'll find something interesting there's not one single mention of a cat not one in the bible i don't know if you knew that but he hated the cats so he ordered them all to be killed and what that ended up doing was driving up the rat population and spread the, spread the plague mm-hmm. okay so that was a direct consequence to that so yep. yeah so there's a lot that ties into it but your original question was about <laughs> ufos <laughs> yeah, you don't really you're working for them. You're trying to distract us. Change the subject. CIA plan. I, I I don't know. I think that I think that even if we had concrete evidence, concrete evidence that uh, people would still find a way to dismiss it. You know, short of them showing up like Independence Day, I don't imagine <laughs> it happening. No. Well, I don't think they want to be uh, directly uh, interacted with. It's pretty clear because with all the power that is implied with their mobility and technology, um, they could be landing on people's lawns, the White House lawns, whatever, but it doesn't happen. They're very elusive. you got to believe that it's deliberate on their part. Well, you know, the interesting thing, too, is if you're talking about, you know, everything vibrates at a certain frequency, right? Everything vibrates at a certain frequency in our dimension. So there's literally no reason why something can't land on my lawn, shift its vibration slightly, and then it's it's gone. And then it's it's physically here, but it's not. Yeah. Well, and I think that happens all the time, Truth. I think that's what happens with your uh, with your with your experiences with people coming in and out of your dimensions. I think they're just shifting vibrations. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you gotta shift yours to get on theirs. So which is ascension. You shift your vibration to get on their frequency to be able to see them. You know, you mentioned cats. Cats see different dimensions. Dogs see different dimensions. We can children do. Children do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and or they're poisoned with uh, fluoride. And then you talk about like you know us, um, you know, not being able to see them because they don't want to be seen. Going back to what the brother said, like um, then you have the story in the Bible of Elisha with the young man, which is a story that I love, is they were on a run from the, an army and they were being chased. They went to sleep in the desert and woke up and the army was all, all around them. And the young man's freaking out. Hey, we're going to die. They got us. It's over. No, no, no. It's okay. It's going to be okay. What do you mean it's going to be okay? We're, we're done. We're had. He said, no, listen, there are more that are for us than those that are against what do you mean? Two against an army. He said, hold on. He put his hands on his face and he prayed for him. Father, I ask you to give him sight. Let him see those that are for us. His eyes, the eyes of his understanding was open and he saw chariots of fire all within the mountains and within the sky and the clouds all around him. So these beings were cloaked, hidden and you can only see them when your eyes were open to that realm of, of understanding that they're there. And so it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, this army isn't nothing because we have a great cloud of witnesses, these chariots of fire, cloud by day, fire by night that are watching over us. So, so when he says over open many, his eye, when he says open his eye, you, you think he's talking about the third eye? Uh, open his third eye or spiritual eyes, which is same, same thing right. for sure. 
Yeah. You know, to pray, to, to be able to see that, you know, that that dimension, that vibration. So, you know, my understanding now, which, you know, has totally, totally, I won't say it's changed, just just gotten a lot deeper because of who and what those angels are. Right. You know, my, my perspective on ufology uh, in my encounters have been um, definitely um, angelic of something beautiful, blissful. They're, they're watching over us. They're going to make sure that everything goes as planned. And if you stare at the sky long enough and ask, they'll say hello. I mean, that's just my story. I just started seeing fleets of what we will call UFOs, but are essentially lights fire in the sky, these fiery chariots of flames or the, you know, the seraphim, which are the fiery serpents that carry serpent or Nakash represents God's, well, it represents wisdom. And so the seraphims are these beings that carry God's knowledge and God's wisdom throughout the cosmos. And so you can see them, they, they travel back and forth from heaven to earth. Like that's all throughout the scriptures. And so um, my understanding has changed is more of not like, um, just angels, right? But uh, but these are, you have angels. The word angel just means messengers. We got to get that straight. So when we're talking about a, a demon, demons carry messages as well. So demons are messengers. The messengers are, hey, you keep lying. I'm going to come visit you. You keep cheating. You keep stealing. You got to, we're going to come see you. We have legal right to come see you from the judges and from the magistrates, right? Anyway, um, Ascension. I just, just, I had this huge revelation. It was a really a, a, a week long mystical encounter three months ago that I'm still unfolding, but it was about the Bible being a book of Ascension. And, uh, and there was astro theology, Mike, Micah, I text you when all of this was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was so much that was going on, but um, being watched over by the L people who have attained their light body. Uh, you know, from the Hebraic perspective, they've brought light to their body and they've ascended. We see that uh, Elijah ascended, didn't taste de- death and actually took his body with him. Um, and so that these are the great cloud of witnesses that are watching over humanity and rooting for us to take our place back amongst the stars. So anyone who's really deep in ufology, I, I, I feel like I've heard heard Jordan Maxwell talk about this, but that, that uh, to Sarian for sure, that, that mankind is banned from, from the heavens because we're evil. We're wicked. If a, if a craft comes down, the reason we don't see them as much because it's because our military will try to shoot them out of the sky. And we've done it. There's footage of us shooting plasma beams and all of that. So um, this process of ascension is come is, is moving from uh, a beast, the beast nature the animal to becoming an L every single one of us through this process of, of choosing, right. Being a good person, um, uh, you know, o- overcoming that, that selfish desires, hatred. It's, it's Esau who came out of the womb. You have Esau and Jacob who come out of the womb together, twins, essentially one is Harry representing an animal, animalistic nature. The other one um, is, is, uh, is, is a man of contemplation, is a man of choice, a man of thought. Esau represents, hey, if I'm hungry, you're eating a chicken bone, I'm going to take it from you and I'll kill you if you get in my way. Um, Esau Esau represents instant gratification. Jacob uh, represents delayed gratification that you will get your inheritance 
if you wait, the kingdom will be yours. Esau says, no, I don't want the I don't want to wait. I want it now. So I'll trade you my portion, my inheritance for the rest of your soup. This means nothing. I want it now. Okay, sure. I'll take your birthright. So he gives him his birthright, his half of the kingdom, because he wanted instant gratification, that animalistic nature that is in all of us. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Anunnaki and mankind being tempered with, and there's two natures. Jordan Maxwell totally speaks about this, but there are two natures within you. It is the beast nature, but it's also the potential to, to, to be an angel, to choose good. Everybody is, is created equal, neutral. Even Jesus, when they say, good shepherd, tell us, good shepherd, good teacher. He said, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Jesus even rebuked him. No, nobody is good. Not even me. There is one good, and that is God. The reason you call me good is because I'm choosing. We all have the ability to choose good or to, or to choose evil. And so that is the, the ladder. Jacob's ladder is the process of ascension. Mm-hmm. There's all of these hidden allegories within the scriptures. There was the one that I that I first heard that really blew my mind was Adam's ten the names of Adam's ten sons up to I think it's either Enoch or or um, uh, Methuselah. But if you break down the translations of their names, you get the story of Christ. You get the story of God looking at humanity and sending a son to come down there to win the brokenhearted into restore humanity to take their habitation back into the heavens. Literally, a sun comes down. So as I'm breaking that down, and I know that's there, so I'm starting to study Jacob and Esau. And Jacob in the ladder of ascension, Jacob's ladder, seen angels ascending and descending. And so Jacob, when you break down his 12 sons, Jacob became Israel, which means to be to rule and reign as God, to speak as God. You break down his 12 sons and their names. If Strong's Concordance, you go to anything, it'll tell you exactly what each one means. And each name as they are birthed says that there will there will there will be a son. You will see him. You will hear him. His words will make you glad. You will wrestle in your heart and you will choose good. And as you choose good, I will make your habitation back in the lofty places amongst the heaven that you will sit as a son of my right hand. We're talking about the Bible has no allegories. Their names play out Jacob's ladder. Jacob wrestled with God and he didn't let go until he was blessed. If we wrestle with right and wrong, and we and, and we grieve over it, we repent, we turn from our sin, the things that are killing us, like we're taking that step up in the ladder of ascension that now, because I've dealt with that animalistic sexual sexual uh, desire and nature, it, it doesn't rule and reign over me no more. I've dealt with my diet. Man, I just dropped 40 pounds, man. I've oh. dealt with my instant gratification. You know what I'm saying? Let's, it's a fight. It's a fight. You, you want to say so? Yeah. Can I go just ahead, go ahead. Quick? Let ahead. me just yeah. jump in real quick. That was beautiful. Let me just jump in real quick. Yeah, talking so. about Esau and Jacob, right? And instant gratification versus not. I quit drinking alcohol four months ago. My life has improved tremendously, tremendously. And I'm not saying Good that to. I'm not saying that to like get praise or anything. I just want to share something with you. Now you should, what man. Alcohol, hey. What alcohol does? 
yeah. is it's a depressant. Not only is it a depressant, it lowers your vibration. Not only does it lower your vibration, but it brings you to your reptilian midbrain, okay? Which is basically your animalistic. Because what happens when you're drunk? Food, sex, sleep, basic urges. It brings you down to it, okay? That's all you could think about when you're drunk. You, it's one, right. Am I right? It's one of the three yeah. things. So <laughs> that's basically what it is. It brings you down to that. Yeah. And then, you know, to ascend is to, I mean, Santos Bonacci talks about it too. You gotta, you gotta quit alcohol. You know, if you want to ascend, you, 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 you can't struggle with that. And then that'll help you lose weight. And then that'll help you do a bunch of stuff too. So I don't even, I don't even mess with it anymore. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, uh, we should probably bring in Vance. Do you have a question or does the audience have a question? Yeah, we got um, um, Davy Jones Locker want to know, does either Micah or Truthseeker um, um, think Jesus has children or had children? I'm going to leave that to choice. No, I don't. I honestly um, don't really uh, deal with much of the Gnostic Gnostic text. Um, so no, I don't, I don't really, you know, go on, on that. I think any, I don't think he had, you know, physical children. Um, you think, anything, he was say, you think he was crucified as the scriptures say, or for sure, for okay. sure. Yeah. If not, if, if not, it just, you know, it just kind of undoes everything. You know what I'm saying? It's like he whisked away to, to go start a family somewhere and hide and finish off his life as a, as a hermit seeking God with a small family or something. No, no, not at all. That's the part that okay. always confuses me. That's the part that always confuses me with Christianity, especially the Christians who hate Jews, who blame that the Jews killed them, or they'll point to Revelation three nine, right, and they'll say that God of Satan, right, and they'll yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that, and they'll talk yeah, about yeah. the Jews that killed Jesus. Yeah. The story of Jesus, he was supposed to die for everything, okay? So he just fulfilled that. Like, why would you be mad at who killed him? Everybody killed him. Yeah. You understand? People who were born, you killed him. That's the idea yeah. of Christianity. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Besides, nobody got killed without the Romans saying yay or nay. They were mm. the ones that control. So, the Sanhedrin, and they were, they were just puppets. So. What do you make of the fact, uh, um, metaphorically speaking, truth, that he was crucified between two thieves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, so. so you have, Obviously, the right and, and the left hemisphere. You have, you have also Jacob and, and, and Esau. You have the the one that mocked him and, and ridiculed him, and the other one that showed what remorse. Man, look, listen, man. I'm sorry. Like, if I can, I know that you are the Messiah. I know that. Look, please forgive me. Listen, today you'll be with me in paradise. The other one mocked him until the death. So yeah, you definitely have the skull, which is Golgotha which is mm -hmm. the place of the skull. The interesting thing, like if you look up where Jesus started and, and, and he goes up the Jordan river and where he ends up and is crucified. Like he starts off at the bottom and right. Jordan river and the mountain range there look like the spinal column. And he's, mm -hmm. and if you track right. his journey he starts at the bottom, he goes all the way up the river, the, the, the Christos oil fluid, you right. know, that is, that is, uh, you know, reaches the pineal gland to, to reach ascension, whether it's physically mm -hmm. in your um, anatomy, spiritually, metaphorically. And I'm sure you can break that down astrologically. Well, that's as what well. they say that Jacob's ladder is too, is the Christ, Christ, yeah. Christ was not his name. Let's get that through. Christ was not his name. Christ is a title and Christ translates to the word oil. 
Okay. Mm. So you're talking about Jacob's ladder, which is the 33 vertebrae. He climbs up that, rests in your pineal, and that's where your resurrection is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, see, so the, the beautiful thing that we got to, I feel like we all always got to bring it home is like, it's all of those things. I yeah. want to get so I, I and I'm planning to reach out to you, but I've got some of my friends who are who are experts on, you know, these these certain paths, and I want us to break down scriptures together. Let's get the astrological, let's yeah. get the spiritual, let's get the literal. I want the literal translation as well. What does this literal, you know, what I'm saying literally mean? Because listen, when it comes to ascension and when it comes to really understanding and and transforming. The literal interpretation has to be preached for a reason because it it opens your heart. Your heart has to be open to be able to really perceive and understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's not given to everybody. You can talk to these people to your blue in the face. They won't get it. And until their heart is open and ready to receive, will they get it? So that's a major preaching. That's, that's a major Go argument. Ahead. That's a major argument that a lot of people make. People who are in the okay. spiritual community who are raising their kids Catholic or at least putting the kids through Catholic school or Hebrew school or whatever. It's you give the kids the foundation before you open their mind to everything True. else. True. But it's yeah. a, I mean, it's an endless uh, labyrinth. Like one insight I saw in your book, Truth, was uh, you said that the word for familiar in Greek, I guess we're using the Septuagint, is actually Python which is, of course, the Greek word for the serpent. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I had no yeah. idea. That changes a lot. Or that the word for familiar also means ventriloquist. Well, well it, it, was that, word, that, that, it changes yeah, so, a lot. For sure, man. Um, just because we've been told that it's demonic and it's satanic and it's pagan, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's the word um, divination in mm. the in, in the Greek Right, right. In, in in that instance in the book of Acts, where most Christians, most people say divination is evil because it was being used to channel uh, a fallen spirit or a Greek deity, if you will, which was the, the spirit of Python, which was the Greek dragon of the underworld. And this lady was, was this psychic was channeling the spirit to get information. And so the word I don't think the word, you know, what I'm saying divination should have never been used there. That's what kind of gave it a bad name, because right. when you go into when you go into the Old Testament, uh, Jacob, uh, not just uh, Laban, uh, Daniel, many people bragged about how great they were at divination, that they could get direct answers from God by casting lots and by cleromancy or, 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 you know, right. the term, the luck of the draw, even the, the priest had uh, a, a white uh, stone in a black stone that they would reach into a pouch and ask a yes or no question and pull one out and say, okay, God says no. Right. It's like leaving these huge, huge decisions up to the luck of the draw or chance, right. but they believe that divining is the same with tarot cards. It's the same with what what's the what do the cards say, and and the, the ability com, uh, comes down to the person who's able to to read or, or you know translate those uh, those cards as well you know. And Miguel, in truth, you guys have to understand something too is that the time that the Bible was written in Hebrew and, and Aramaic, everybody knew at the time that they wrote and spoke in Hebrew, but if they were going to speak or do anything intellectual, they did it in Greek. Okay, so that's a big thing that you have to realize too. 
is that that was the language of that was the that was the elevated esoteric language that they spoke in. Yeah, it was the lingua lingua franca, as they call yeah. it. So, yeah. so that's part of unfolding it, like breaking down these words and seeing what they what they really mean, and like you know, you get this overview, but it's like when you really break it down, when you really unfold it, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff. You're going to find spirituality. You're going to find metaphysics all within the Bible. You know, the, even just a simple term of, you know, we, we see that when, when, uh, when, when there's this upgrade or this, this rapture into the heavens, that this, an angel will come down and blow a trumpet and a trumpet will sound and we shall be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. Like, there, there is no trumpet. They've showed us pictures. They've, we watched it in movies of the angel. The word is, you will hear a vibrational frequency. The term for trumpet is vibration. Your vibrational frequency will change. And the word for um, transform is, there will be a metamorphosis that happens within you. There will be a upgrade in the spirit when your vibration, when your vibrational alignment shifts to the next level. This is yeah. not this is not a one time event. This is something that's continually happening in an individual's life on the path of ascension. The more that you choose right, the more that you wrestle and that you contemplate and that you think about, you're going to get the answers. Ask, seek, knock. Yep. Repeat, the, the door will be open for you. It's those who are able to sin, if you will, or who are able to do bad things and they don't feel remorse. Right. Sociopaths, like those people exist. You know, they kill somebody, they, they don't even bat an eye. They, right. they, they can cheat you and lie to you to your face and not even blink. Like right. these are individuals who have chosen, you know, they've kind of put that, they've gotten good at it. Versus these, are all like, our, these are all our politicians right now. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Always, always. And uh, yeah, moving back to the uh, to the uh, aliens, you talk about uh, you've had all kinds of experiences from the cigar shaped aliens in the sky. Uh, you've just had a lot. And uh, but you talk about um, you yourself were working with an individual called Prophet Yahweh to help you with these interaction with these higher beings. But you saw a green silhouette, Truth, and you say this is the ancient color for the Order of Melchizedek. That certainly uh, changes things from the little green men, doesn't it? Well, the little men are interesting. I'll say that. Little green men, right? Yeah, the little green yeah. silhouette that I saw in deep meditation. I will say I, I wasn't working with Prophet Yahweh. It was a video that I seen early on. Oh, on okay. On the internet of him summoning UFOs and, and yeah. actually in front of the news crew and and, and orbs were showing up in the sky. Um, but shit. when it comes to the and I tried it and started getting results. Um, but the order of Melchizedek and the little men is very interesting, even with something that I read today. You know, I was reading in, in, in the book of Mark where I think it was uh, 14, chapter 14, where Jesus is, is, is given over. To uh, to to because of Judas betrayed him and the mob came to get him and to to hand him over and to 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 be betrayed, and so right after when all of this persecution came and things turned up, all of his disciples vanished. They disappeared. They got out of there. But there's two verses 
that are really interesting. Right after that in the book of Mark, I think it's Mark 14, 51. But it says that a certain man wearing white linen, you got you guys got to understand this. When you read about clothing in the Bible, it's not talking about a T-shirt clothing in the in, especially when it's a color. It lets you know their vibrational frequency. It's out certain 100 percent. That's why a certain we're man this in red and blue, wearing red and blue. That's the alchemical wedding. But I'm sorry, and, then, and, and, and well, you're right. And then they put purple on him at the end. Mm-hmm. They gave him a purple robe. So red and blue together is yeah. purple. But then what's after purple at the very top is white light. Right. Anyway, the young man, a certain young man, the word certain kind of means strange, a peculiar, a, a, a weird little young man, which means that a, a little person was following Jesus arrayed in white linen. And that was the only thing that he was he was wearing. All of his disciples disappeared. And there was one dude, a little man wearing white, following Jesus. And the mob turns and looks at him and they go to grab him, too. But he jumped. He jumps out of his his white linen robe or his mantle or his aura and he runs away naked and they leave him with with the white robe. That's in Mark. 14. Mark 16, you know, Jesus is crucified. They go to the the tomb. The stone is rolled away and they go in. Some some translations tell you that it's a there's an angel in there. The older translations say that there's a young man arrayed in white that scared all of the people. That white is also light. So he's wearing a vestment of light, a robe of light. We're talking about these little men that are wearing white. They're clothed in white or green or purples or reds. Man, the story gets a lot more interesting. It's There's two scriptures right when he's being handed over that this little man was following him. Like my mind is like, what is he doing? Is he he coming to put that? Was he coming to anoint Christ with his light body? Was he like, you know, it's just the questions. And in two chapters later, that angel or that... Angela's messenger was in the tomb when they rolled the stone away. He's in there waiting to say, hey, Jesus isn't here, guys. He's in the next city over. You guys should go find him. And and they were scared to death. It says that they were in awe or they were in shock or they were they were amazed when they saw this little young man, you know, which means a little person. And so, man, these beings, these angelic beings that are watching over humanity, watching over the ascension. The ascension process is an individual process. It's for Micah. It's for me. It's for all of us individually to choose right, to choose love, to overcome sin, to overcome our transgressions, our selfish desires. You know what you're dealing with. But as you do it and as all of us do it, now it's not one person who has ascended here who's given information. It's all of us who are in that process and have submitted. And now we have a podcast or a a talk where everyone is in that process and ascending. And now Everyone on my street has submitted to that process. And now my city, the majority of people in my city have submitted to the process. And now they're choosing good. They're choosing beauty. They're choosing what is right. They're asking for forgiveness. They're seeing the error of their ways. And now the majority of the collective gets an upgrade. As you get an upgrade individually, now the collective gets an upgrade. So what obviously what we're seeing is a global upgrade 
of uh, humanity is having an awakening and we are ascending, but the, uh, you know, the 1%, which is what we see on the news and which controls the media and all that, it seems like things are getting worse and, and humanity is at, at the brink and all. This is what they want you to see. We're ascending and they're doing whatever they can to try to mm -hmm. stop that or discourage it. Yeah. And there you have it, you shining crazy diamonds. True Sika and Micah on the highway to hell and bolting up that stairway to heaven. The angelic communications continue in our second part. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage a private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon. You can also now get a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for only $4.99 a month. Check it out in the show notes. So please become an AB Prime member or Patreon at Patreon or Red Circle subscriber for the full audio interview and to support this Red Pill Cafeteria. It will cost you less than a buck per episode and that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever, even as the Archons try to take over the world and make sure we believe they are holy angels. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.